Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. It has been a historic week in Kentucky politics. Democrat Andy Beshear was elected Kentucky governor by a razor thin margin over incumbent Republican Matt Bevan. Beshear's campaign manager Eric Heyer will join us shortly and we'll talk about how they pulled off a win when every other statewide race went Republican. And later, Gray TV's chief national political correspondent Greta Van Susteren will give us some perspective on how the Kentucky result played across the country. First, let's take a glimpse at how the votes in Kentucky's two most populous counties propelled Bashir to victory. First, as you see below me, are Bashir's votes with his wins in Jefferson and Fayette counties highlighted. Below him, the votes in those large counties for Governor Matt Bevan. Notice how his votes in Louisville and Lexington areas meant that Bevan was already far behind when it left the cities. Even with wins in almost a hundred other counties for Bevan, Bashir would have some strategic wins in areas with state universities and some mountain counties where former primary rival Rocky Adkins campaigned with him and in northern Kentucky. Now let's look at the results across the state. Governor-elect Andy Beshear won close to 711,000 votes. Bevan received 707,000 votes. The difference between the two is around 5,000 votes. As you know, Governor Bevan has not conceded the race and has officially requested a re-canvas that will take place next Thursday. But the Beshear Bashir team is moving forward with a transition ahead and an inauguration schedule for December 10th. Here's some of how this politically charged week unfolded. You're sending that big message to the rest of the country. It's so important. You got to get your friends. You got to vote because if you lose, it sends a really bad message. It just sends a bad and they will build it up. Here's the story. If you win, they're going to make it like ho-hum. And if you lose, they're going to say Trump suffered the greatest defeat in the history of the world. This was the greatest. You can't let that happen to me. And you know what? You can't let that happen to your incredible state, Kentucky. You can't let that happen. Tonight, voters in Kentucky sent a message loud and clear for everyone to hear. It's a message that says our elections don't have to be about right versus left. They are still about right versus wrong. <laughs> that our values and how we treat each other is still more important than our party. That what unites us as Kentuckians is still stronger than any national divisions. And tonight, I think we showed this country that in Kentucky, we can disagree with each other while still respecting one another. In this Commonwealth, a Commonwealth that I love, we believe in lifting each other up instead of tearing each other down. And here in Kentucky, we can still fight from the very top levels of government for every family, including the lost, the lonely, and the left behind. Yes, 
I haven't had an opportunity yet to speak to Governor Bevan, but my expectation is that he will honor, he will honor the election that was held tonight, that he will help us make this transition. And I tell you what, we will be ready for that first day in office, and I look forward to it. Let me say that while this was a very hard-fought election, I know elections are difficult on families. So let's all wish this governor and his family the very best. We can do that. After tonight, this election is over. After tonight, we move forward with every other Kentucky citizen as Team Kentucky. Yeah. Team Kentucky is a team whose mission is rooted in our shared values of faith, hard work, and a belief in a bigger, brighter tomorrow. These Kentucky values transcend any and all party lines. I am committed, committed to be a governor for everyone. That means rural and urban Kentucky, eastern, western, northern, and central Kentucky. It means being a governor for every Democrat, every Republican, and every independent, every single Kentuckian. To those watching, if I did not earn your vote today, rest assured, I will work hard to earn your trust. And even more importantly, I will always strive to do the right thing. With respect to our race, would it be, would it be a Bevan race if it wasn't a squeaker? I mean, come on. I mean, really and truly, this is a close, close race. We are not conceding this race by any stretch. Not at all. And here's the thing, understand this though, Understand this, we want the process to be followed, and there is a process. We know for a fact that there have been more than a few irregularities. They are very well corroborated, and that's all right. What they are exactly, how many, which ones, and what effect, if any, they have will be determined according to law that's well established. And just for the record, and some of you are well aware of this, four years ago I found myself in a very similar situation. Again, the law was followed in that instance. Turns out that it ended up being four-tenths of a, you know, four-tenths of, less four-ten-thousandths four of a percent or whatever it was, 83 votes. My point is this. We want the process to be followed. The process will be followed. And in the end, we will have the governor that was chosen by the people of Kentucky. And that's the way the process should work. But let me say this. You know, it really should. And so no matter who it is, no matter who it is, the people will know with confidence that the process was followed. And to that end, at the end of the day, regardless of R or D, and again, I say this often and it's true, in a room of this size, there's plenty of both in here. There's R's and D's here. This isn't a political issue as much as it is an integrity issue, a following of the process issue. Here's what I know. We've made extraordinary strides in Kentucky in the last four years. We really have. And it's good. 
And you think about this. In the last four years, we, we now have the lowest unemployment ever, most people working ever, best workforce participation level, best exports we've ever had, most private capital being invested here, highest revenue the state has ever had. All these things are good things. According to the U.S. You know, Bureau of Labor Statistics, in the last four years, we've had a net increase of more than 92, 93,000 jobs just in the last four years. You compare that to the previous eight years where we had a net loss of 12,000. So the point being is the trajectory is changing. It's moving in a good direction. Whoever your next governor is, and we truly don't know right now, we don't, but whoever it is will be the one determined by the process being followed, by the law being followed, by the process being truly sound, and if in fact it is, whoever that governor is will have responsibility to keep this trajectory moving forward. And I will say this, I will be the first one in line wishing well to my opponent if he ends up as our next governor, because guess what? We live here too, and it affects us, it affects our lives, it affects our livelihoods. I would hope to a person, everyone in here, wants Kentucky to be the greatest version of itself possible. I really hope so. And so, with that said, again, I mean, I've, how many, I haven't had that many races here, but I've had some cliffhangers. This is another one. It's another cliffhanger. Uh, and let's see what happens. So let me just again end where I began. Let me end by saying thank you to each of you and congratulations to and truly the most remarkable slate of candidates we've ever seen and their incredible victories tonight. There's so much to celebrate. I'm so proud, I'm so proud and excited for Kentucky. Uh, last night, the election ended. It ended and it's time to move forward with a smooth transition that we are here to do so that we can do the people's business. We have got to submit a budget, for instance, uh, to the legislature near the end of January. That budget's gonna be absolutely critical in its support of public education and of healthcare. What we are doing, we today filed and asked for a re-canvas. This is fairly, I wouldn't say routine, uh, but it's not uncommon in Kentucky. Uh, it is a process whereby we ask that we ensure every tally that was taken, and we use electronic voting, so every tally is accurate, that there wasn't a transposed number or something of this sort. All right, a very dramatic week, as we said, and we are coming right back with the campaign manager of the Bashir Coleman ticket, Eric Hires, with us on Kentucky Newsmakers in just a moment. And welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers from WKYT. As we said, it has been a very dramatic week in Kentucky politics with highs and lows for candidates and those running their operations. Governor-elect Andy Bashir's campaign manager, Eric Hires, joins us now on Kentucky Newsmakers. Welcome and congratulations. We well, appreciate thanks. you coming. Thanks for having me. In your mind, is this race over? Uh, yeah, the race is over. Um, uh, Governor-elect Bashir got more votes, got the most amount of votes, and now he is uh, the governor-elect, and he's moving forward, uh, focused on the transition and making sure that he, um, he can be the best, uh, best governor possible. The path to victory for the Bashir-Coleman mm -hmm. ticket was huge wins in Louisville and Lexington 
and some other scattered counties. Mm -hmm. Was there all along the way a, a, a 20 county strategy that where you could lose almost 100 counties and still win? We were, um, we knew from the get-go this was going to be a very, very close election. I remember sitting with, uh, with the governor last day after the primary, and we decided that we were going to invest uh, heavily in a, in a ground game, in a, in a field operation, in a, in a, in a campaign that, could, that could win a very close race. And we knew also all along that Northern Kentucky was going to be a place where we could make a lot of inroads. Um, so that was, I think, a big sort of, uh, that was fertile ground for us. It was kind of a key bellwether, and we knew when, when Northern Kentucky was, was, was uh, coming in for Bashir on Tuesday night that things were going to be okay. There was a word you used to describe your strategy uh, right after the uh, primary, and it was? Um, oh, geez. There was going to be a dog oh, fight. Yes, it says. Yes. We knew all along there was going to be a dog fight, and that's why we wanted to build an operation that could win a, win a really close election, win a dog fight like Let's that. Let's talk yeah. for a moment about Northern Kentucky, mm -hmm. which may have been the surprise to a lot of people. Sure. Was the, uh, did Bevan make a mistake in talking about tolls on the Brent Spence Bridge up there late in the campaign? I know it's a hot, but, uh, a hot button issue there, but I think our um, focus w when we were in Northern Kentucky was just as it was everywhere, talking to people about their concerns and, and, and making this race about their anxieties. Um, because at the end of the day, when people vote for governor, they want to know, are you going to make their lives better or are you going to make them worse? And I think what we saw on Tuesday night was voters all across Kentucky um, say that they did not want four more years, um, that their lives were getting uh, worse and they wanted a new direction. How much difference did it make that right after the primary, uh, Rocky Adkins, who had run in that primary hard and mm -hmm. who had won many counties, uh, virtually sweeping eastern Kentucky, came on board in a big way and traveled with and campaigned with yeah. Andy Bashir? Rocky's great. Uh, uh, he was a tremendous uh, asset and, and ally to the campaign. And the things that matter to him are the same things that matter uh, to Andy Bashir: uh, public education, um, quality, affordable health care. Um, he was a, a, a tremendous partner the entire time. Um, and clearly, if you look at those results in, um, in some of those counties in eastern Kentucky, he really, really helped. How involved in the background was former Governor Steve Bashir, who uh, seemed to sort of uh, stay yeah. in the shadows until sure. the very end. Of course, you, you got him out there. Uh, yeah. Very visible the last few days in western Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, some people along the way said, uh, you know, he was a popular governor. Mm -hmm. Why was he not more visible? Um, I think I, I think he was out there a lot. Um, he was uh, he was very, very helpful about to me, um, uh, to the campaign. He was always uh, there to answer questions, to offer advice. A lot of my morning started with a with a call from the former governor. Um, he was uh, he was great to work with and he's incredibly helpful. Polls yeah. showed this race uh, virtually tied mm -hmm. the whole way. The public all got a look at that Mason Dixon mm -hmm. poll that came out uh, two or three weeks before yep. the election, f tied 46-46. Yep. What were you thinking when you knew that the public knew yeah. this was a tied race? I was thinking that th that that this was the race um, that we had built a, a campaign for the for the right race, and we knew all along this was going to be close. We felt strategically that 49% was going to be what we needed to get, and um, we felt that our ground game, our volunteer-driven field program, and our, our grassroots uh, ground game was going to be sort of our field goal kicker. And so my job as the campaign manager was to keep this race in field goal range. And we knew we get three points on election day because of turnout and enthusiasm um, and when I saw 46-46 I knew that we were going to get that three and we get to 49. Yeah. Were you nervous knowing that in October you had five debates that were scheduled so here you you know you, the, the race is very close you're on a 
type wire, mm -hmm. aren't you? Uh, you know, going into those five debates in different uh, sections of the state. When your candidate's Andy Bashir, you're really not nervous because he is—he's um, someone who is who is who is very disciplined and very in tune with the anxieties of voters across the state. So we welcomed any opportunity to talk about what was really at stake in this election, um, because whenever he got that opportunity, he spoke directly to people about what was you know mattering most to them. And everywhere we went, whether it was Eastern Kentucky or Western Kentucky or Northern Kentucky, it was jobs, public education, health care, and pensions. So how, we loved to talk about how that. How did you prepare him for the debates? Were there, were there mock debates? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, we did a lot of uh, preparation, sure, but um, again, someone like Andy Bashir just goes out and, and I think the contrast between him and Governor Bevan was very, very clear. Um, he really cares about people. I think that was, was evident throughout all the debates. He's someone who really cares about making people's lives better. Um, and I think when people would see them side by side, it was clear that um, you know we need to change the tone and there's one candidate who's offering a, a new path forward without the bullying, without the name calling, um, without the sort of personal attacks um, that were just so tiring. Yeah. What do you think that uh, people out there across Kentucky uh, who either voted for mm -hmm. Andy Bashir or voted against him, what should they know about uh, how their governor-elect uh, reacts uh, under mm -hmm. pressure yeah. uh, and in tough situations? The thing about Andy Bashir is he really cares about people. Um, his faith really guides him as well. He talked a lot in the campaign trail about um, fighting for the lost, the lonely, and the left behind. Um, he is someone who, I can't emphasize enough, he genuinely cares about making people's lives better. Um, and as he said on, on Tuesday night, um, w with him as governor, people can disagree um, and still respect one another. And that's going to be, I think, a, um, a, a big difference as we move forward. Republicans uh, tried to uh, nationalize mm -hmm. the race that is, uh, have a lot of issues be considered that, mm -hmm. uh, that, are, uh, that are national issues that obviously also play big uh, here in Kentucky. Uh, was it a mistake on their part to, uh, to allow Andy Bashir to continue to talk about in-state issues and public yeah. education? Look, governor's races are, are determined by who is going to make voters' lives better. And uh, um, the governor-elect Bashir stayed focused the entire time on the, on the issues that were the most pressing anxieties to working families across Kentucky. So, um, you know, we, we did not allow ourselves to get distracted, um, uh, you know, at any point in the campaign. We continue to talk about those issues, especially public education. I do want to say that Jacqueline Coleman is going to be a remarkable lieutenant governor. She was a huge asset on the campaign. Um, and I just want to say that I think teachers um, generally here in Kentucky, um, this is their win. They sort of galvanized uh, this state. They had the courage to stand up um, and take on um, a bully. Uh, and, and that's really how you beat bullies. When people have the courage to stand up, say enough is enough, that's how bullies get beaten on playgrounds, and it's how it happened here. Uh, Lieutenant Governor-elect Governor Coleman uh, mm -hmm. campaigned a lot, to, uh, as you said, in observing the chemistry between mm -hmm. uh, the two. Uh, would she be someone who will be kept up to date and be? Uh, oh, yes. would be prepared to yes. be governor if uh, that At, should happen? 100%, absolutely. They, um, they have a great working relationship. Um, they have a lot of fun together, um, and she's going to be incredibly involved. When President Trump and Vice President Pence mm -hmm. visited the state, and mm -hmm. you knew it was going to happen, but then sure. here you are, uh, you know, it's announced. Mm -hmm. uh, Pence is coming to southeastern Kentucky to try to gen up the vote there. Mm -hmm. President Trump is coming to Lexington on election eve, mm -hmm. hours before the polls open. 
uh, there was a lot of coverage. You knew that would happen. What were your thoughts? You know, that, that final day and the final weekend, but especially the final Monday, um, that was sort of a microcosm of the entire campaign for us, um, that we stayed laser focused on what got us to that point, which is um, talking to voters um, in their communities, showing up, listening to them. Um, and we were in Western Kentucky the entire day. I had some uh, electric events with um, just, you know, huge crowds. Um, and, you know, the volunteers that I, I got to give a shout out to them throughout the course of this campaign. On Monday morning that day when the president was coming in, Andy Bashir knocked on the one millionth door of this entire campaign. Um, that's remarkable. Um, and that never would have been possible without thousands and thousands of volunteers with, with, with um, powerful personal stories of their own to tell. People like Laura, a school teacher who Andy mentioned in some of the debates, um, who had to drive Uber um, in many evenings just to make ends meet. People like her who were knocking on doors and making phone calls throughout the course of the campaign, um, coming together um, to carry that message. That's what we were focusing on that final Monday. We had our, our, our last uh, grassroots appreciation night event Monday night in Louisville, um, and the, the energy there was incredible. Now, Eric, there had to be one uh, or several moments of angst along the sure. way. Uh, yeah. what, where, where, was the, where was the worst day in the campaign where Oof. you thought this thing could slip away? Honestly, I never once doubted that we were going to get this thing done. I think we all knew it was going to be close. I don't, I don't in any way mean to, uh, mean to suggest otherwise. We knew it was going to be a close race, but we just felt very confident in both our candidate and the, and the operation that we were um, putting together. I think election night obviously was, uh, was very tense um, as, as results were coming in. However, I think when we saw um, especially the turnout, and we knew pretty early on in the day um, the turnout was looking very, very good, but when we saw the numbers start to come in, in Jefferson and Fayette, uh, we knew that he was he was going to be running out of votes. Um, Kenton and Campbell, I, I think we expected uh, to win there. We were, you know, every morning I would start my day reading field reports uh, um, from our voter contact the night before. And we saw a Northern Kentucky surge happening in the in the closing weeks. Um, I talk a lot about a, um, a sort of uh, fi a suburban firewall in places like Oldham County, um, where we uh, didn't win, but we got 47%, uh, I believe, which is uh, a, a vast overperformance from, from pre uh, previous places. So as those numbers came in, we knew that it was going to be close, but the um, we were going to end up with the most votes. Time for some rest now. Thanks yes, for coming. Yes, thank we you very much. It. Appreciate it. All right, stay Bye. with us now. We're going to hear from Gray Television's chief national political correspondent, Greta Van Susteren, uh, the national perspective next on Kentucky Newsmakers. And welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. What a week it was in Kentucky politics as we discuss that. Gray TV chief political correspondent Greta Van Susteren, the host of Full Court Press, joined Barbara Bailey and me on WKYT's Noon News the day after the election. And we talked about national implications for the Kentucky vote. What are people in Washington saying today about Kentucky and about what's next? All right, well, first of all, all eyes are on Kentucky. I mean, look, President Trump won Kentucky by 30 points last time around. In fact, uh, John McCain in 2008 won it by a lot, and so did Romney in 2012. So, it was, so when President Trump went out to Kentucky to help the governor, people thought in the Republican Party that that would bring the governor to a victory. Well, obviously, that didn't happen. And the big question here for the Trump campaign is why did the governor lose, assuming that ultimately he does lose, he has not conceded at this point, why did he lose? Did he lose because he hitched his wagon to President Trump? 
or did he lose because he's just so unpopular with the Kentucky voters? I mean, a lot of other Republicans did well in Kentucky, but I can tell you one thing is that, is that Trump put a lot of his credibility on the line by doing that rally, and he was not able to get him reelected. So the, the campaign, Republican campaign for President Trump is, you know, is, is feeling stung tonight or today, um, but uh, the election is a long way off. Yeah. Do you think they have to go back, though, and, you know, and consider, uh, you know, does this mean any kind of tarnished brand for the president, or uh, was this just a, you know, a statewide election with local issues and, and the president's uh, influence didn't wane in any way? Well, if you read the president's tweets, um, the uh, governor of Mississippi won, the Republican governor, he takes credit for that. He certainly is not taking any credit for the loss of Governor Bevan in Kentucky. Um, so um, I don't know, I don't know what it necessarily means. I just, you know, you have to look at all this, all these snapshots, um, you know, then realize that we're such a long way off from the election. And people today are saying who won, who lost, but this certainly is not a successful story for President Trump. Someone, he likes to talk about how successful he is. And right now, he's, he's blaming this loss totally on the governor himself. Um, there, you know, Kentucky is a strong Republican state, and um, and you can tell by looking at the you've got a we've got a Republican legislature. You know, it, there's the, I suppose that President Trump can take some solace in the fact that maybe they just don't like your governor in your state. Now, Greta, as we're looking ahead to next year. Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky is up for re-election along with President Trump. What do you think this means for that race, for their re-election prospects? Well, I think that Senator McConnell is probably walking on uh, pins and needles wondering how to handle the impeachment trial should an impeachment trial get to the Senate because he's in charge in the Senate. Um, I know that he has he has a formidable candidate uh, opponent in the race, so he has to worry about that. And sometimes incumbents have a rough time um, with when they've been in office for a long time inspiring their electorate to come out and vote. But, you know, President Trump still might be pretty popular in your state. And if he's popular in his state, Senator McConnell is probably pretty safe. On the other hand, if all of a sudden President uh, Trump gets very unpopular among the Republicans and the Democrats really come out to vote in Kentucky and that he doesn't win Kentucky in November of 2020, you can expect that one of the casualties is also going to be Senator McConnell because the vote is probably going to be linked to President Trump because he's going to have to be out there defending President Trump when he's shepherding that trial through the Senate. All right, and Greta's program, Full Court Press, is coming up at 11.30 here on WKYT. That's Kentucky Newsmakers. We want to thank you for joining us. We'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning, and hope you make it a good week ahead.